What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's March 19, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn, episode 27. In this episode, I'll be breaking down overtraining, and I'll tell you why doing something as simple as just drinking more water could help you lose weight. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So the Blackhawks had a tough week, lost a few games in a row now, on a bit of a downward trend lately, unfortunately. And the Raptors are also not in the playoff picture anymore since they had like five players out due to COVID for the past two weeks. Luckily, my fantasy teams are doing okay right now, and that's pretty much the only thing I got going for me right now. Besides that, I don't really have anything else to talk about this week. I don't really know if there's anything exciting. There's not really any news that I came across this week that stood out to me really, but I did manage to finish all the Marvel movies in chronological order this week, and I finished WandaVision. I didn't really understand the ending of that show, but whatever, it was still good. It was also pretty interesting to see the behind the scenes of how they shot the series. I think it's called Assembled on Disney Plus or something, and during the 50s and 60s and 70s episodes, they actually performed that in front of a live audience, and I thought that was pretty cool. And on to my training. I got back to doing my safety squat bar this week, which felt good. Everything was normal there. I did some trap bar deadlifts this week at 410 pounds, which actually felt surprisingly light. I managed to also hit 140 pounds for a few reps on overhead press, and the one that I'm most proud of, of course, is how my bench session went this week. I think that was on Sunday, so I got into the gym around noon that day, and then my favorite bench was taken, but I was eyeing it for about 25 minutes. So I did my whole warm-up on the treadmill, my mobility drills, and all of my pre-workout movements for my rotator cuff and shoulders and all that. And by the time I finished, pretty much 20 minutes later, the bench was still taken, so I had to bench at a different one, but just to start. I ended up hitting my few reps of 270 bench before this guy came up to me and wondered if I was waiting for that bench, and I was just like, nah, go ahead, take your time, no worries. Keep in mind that he's been using the bench for over a half hour now, but... I was already in the zone at the other bench, so I didn't mind. But since my next set was 300 pounds, I just waited until he finished up, and then I moved over to that bench and proceeded to hit 300 pounds on bench for three reps for a set, and then I hit the... I think the next set was... I think I got it for two reps. Whew, being under all that weight, I'm not going to lie. I contemplated not going for that third rep, but... I had a feeling that I had it in me, so I just went for it. Luckily enough, I'm still here, so I banged that out, thankfully, and I didn't pin myself under that weight, which would have been embarrassing. 
I was planning on hitting a 315 bench before I leave this place, but unless I get a spot, maybe I'll have to wait for that one a little bit longer and just hit that again when I'm home. So 300 pounds for three reps is theoretically a 330 one rep max if you use those calculators, but I probably won't risk it unless I f actually find someone willing to spot me. I have to remember to just stick to my programming and not get too ahead of myself, but it's so hard when you're near milestones. It's been almost five years since I hit a three-play bench, but I'm sure I'll hit that sometime this year. I was even looking up future goals for me to hit, and besides a four-play bench, I was looking up uh, actually Ontario powerlifting records for bench at around 80 kilograms body weight, since that's what I... I weigh around that right now. I think the current 82 kilogram bench record is 185 kilograms, so that's a 407 pound bench press. I don't know, man. I'm planning on breaking that record before I die. You heard it here first. Question one What is overtraining? Alright, so let's talk about overtraining. I've been getting this question a bit lately now that the gyms are opening up again. Now, if you're going back to the gym and are feeling some soreness, that's most likely due to DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, and probably not actually overtraining. If the gyms around you are opening and you're going back, but for the past few months you haven't been doing much when it comes to exercising, then you're probably going to be pretty sore your first few sessions few sessions back in there, that's because you're using your muscles again, and using them in any capacity is going to give you that soreness feeling. So this is actually different, a little bit different from overtraining, which is something that you might experience after months of consistency, not just after a few days, uh, unless you're doing a high, crazy amount of volume. Okay, so this usually happens after a few months of just constantly pushing volume, whether that be reps or sets, or weight, and I'll go through some signs when it comes to overtraining. Keep in mind that most people aren't really in this category of overtraining, unless you've been dedicated to the gym for a while now. That's when you'll start to notice this sort of thing. Overtraining has happened to me and my friends multiple times, but usually when you're so hardcore, or just young or stubborn, you choose to ignore the signs. You've been seeing great progress in the gym, but you want to keep it up, even though you've been sore all over for multiple days. Eventually, if you keep pushing it, you are going to increase the risk of injury if you're really on the verge of overtraining. I'm going to assume that 99% of people listening to this aren't really in overtraining territory, though. If you're just going a few times a week, you'd have to be doing a lot of workout volume to reach this kind of territory. If you're on the other end, though, where you've been hammering your body every single day because your team no days off, bro, then maybe you might want to give yourself a day off from the gym. Spend a day stretching out, maybe do that foam rolling that you've been neglecting for months now, hit that lacrosse ball, do some mobility drills, maybe hit abs or calves for the first time in months too. Give yourself adequate rest on those big muscles if you need to because that's where the real muscle growth will come in. Be patient with your training and believe in the programming you made for yourself. 
I just talked about this in the casual talk earlier that this still happens to me. I'm benching 300 pounds, but I want to get to that 3 plate or 315 bench milestone. If you're looking back at your training and it looks like you've made good progress, then one or two or three days off of the gym isn't going to deplete your body of all the muscle that you built. If anything, you might even notice more strength when you step back into the gym because you actually backed off for the first time in a while. And because you actually gave your body that rest it actually needed. Okay, so some signs to look out for when it comes to overtraining. You could start to feel some pain in your joints. For me, I know I'm in overtraining territory when my elbow starts to hurt, which usually happens from too much bench press. Or something like my knees and inner groin, which can get real sore from squatting too much and too often. Overtraining is usually going to happen if you're in a certain phase for too long. So, like I said earlier, it has to do with volume. So, if your current phase is just increasing weight constantly every week to get more volume in, then you might notice as you get into new strength territory, the more and more you keep pushing it, you may notice some of those joint pains. More specifically, when it comes to my experience with overtraining, I'm benching, let's say, 245 one week, then 255 the next week, then 265 the next week. Eventually, when I get to 280 or 290 pounds real quickly, then since I'm increasing the weight week after week, I may notice that when I get near 300 pounds that my elbow starts to hurt or even my shoulder starts to get a little bit painful. That's when you know it's time to back off and recover for a bit because that's when the fatigue kicks in from you constantly pushing your body beyond its capacity, basically. This is why it's so important to really listen to your body and what it's telling you. Sometimes when you're so focused on hitting your goals, you just constantly beat yourself up in the gym until you get there. And honestly, most of the time, that's not the smartest way to go about it. Eventually, exhaustion and fatigue will catch up to you. And that's why resting is so important at times. For an extreme example, if you're trying to get to your dream body goals, Let's say you're trying to get your arms as big as possible. You can't just spend 12 hours in the gym and then just leave when your arms are as big as you want them to be or whatever because when you're in the gym working out, you're not actually going through any of that growth process. The growing happens when you're resting. When your body is resting and recovering from the micro damage and micro tearing that you're doing to your muscles during the workout. So if you don't rest enough, you won't get to those goals. Alright, so another sign to look out for is something you can easily spot if you track your workouts would be when you start to notice a reverse in your progress or a strength plateau. If you're tracking, this one's easy to see. Now, progress isn't linear, but if you look at it week by week or monthly, you should be able to see if you've actually made progress. Realistically, not every single session you're going to be adding weight or sets or reps because that depends on a whole lot of factors like how good your pre-workout nutrition is, how your sleep was, and just how busy and stressful your life currently is, which is a factor if you look at your workouts. That's why it's good to track progress and see if you're progressing on a week or monthly scale like I said. Okay, so I mentioned it before, but 12 to 25 sets per week per body part is a good rule to go by. 
The lower end is more for newer lifters, and the higher end is probably better for more experienced lifters. For me, overtraining is still something that I constantly battle with. When I'm in the gym, obviously, I'm really dedicated to it, so I don't really want to ever take days off from the gym. I mean, I used to be the one who would just go all out, spend two to three hours in the gym, completely destroying my body in the gym because I just figured the more I do, the more I'll grow or the stronger I'll get. Well, some of that is true, but there is a point of overdoing it. I still remember me and my buddy spending three hours in the gym doing chest on Fridays since we were so focused on just hitting every single possible exercise in the gym to grow our chest. Looking back at it, that was probably a dumb thing to do, but when you're younger, you really don't know any better. So, like I said, most people won't be in this overtraining category. It could just be DOMS taking place, which is some soreness after workouts. Overtraining is something more serious, and you notice that it's creeping into your daily life, like lack of sleep or just not making progress. That's when you might be overtraining. But if you are overtraining, then it's time to take a few days off. That doesn't mean you're going to lose all your gains and muscle after just a few days off. You might actually be stronger when you get back to it after the time off because your body has actually recovered and built that muscle. Topic 2. Drinking water to lose weight. Here's a strategy that often gets overlooked. Yes, drinking more water could actually help you lose weight. Now, most people out there know they need to drink water but we'll only keep that in mind for the next day and go back to their regular lives. The sad part is that up to 75 people in the world, the whole world actually underconsume when it comes to water. 75%. It's a huge problem that's been going on for a long time, and it's such a simple thing to do. So if you're listening to this, chances are you need to drink more water every day, and you can do that by tracking how much water you drink every day. A general rule is to drink 4 liters per day if you're a man, and women should drink nearly 3 liters a day. Now, of course, that's going to change a lot depending on your body composition, your height and weight, and how active you are throughout the day. Regardless, like I said, you probably do need to drink more, so it's good to track it and see how much you currently get and slowly increase your intake from there. The main benefit when it comes to drinking water that I'll talk about today is how you can use it to lose weight, but there are a ton of other benefits that go along with that as well, like getting rid of fatigue and that's physical and mental fatigue, since it could also help you with memory and your mood. Water will even help you keep your blood pressure in check, will help with the way your skin looks, and will help you lose weight, and that could happen in a bunch of different ways. So the first way you can use water to lose weight is by using it to suppress your appetite. You might have heard this one before, but one way you can use water to help with weight loss is to drink it before you eat your meals. I've had many clients do this one because it's something so simple that can help you out. If you drink something like a cup of water before your meals, ultimately you'll likely be eating less food during your meal because you're technically filling up your stomach a bit beforehand with the water. And this kind of tricks your body into thinking you're more full than you are, since your stomach will basically be filled with more content. 
You might have also heard before that sometimes when you think you're hungry, you're really just thirsty or dehydrated. So instead of rushing to grab food when you get that feeling of hunger, try drinking water instead and you might notice that you're not as hungry as you thought you were, and that's another good strategy. Drinking water as soon as you wake up is also a great way to start the day to quench your body and kickstart that metabolism. Water will help you be more regular when it comes to digestion, so it relieves constipation. That means you'll get rid of excess within your body more often. That means through urine or through your stool. If you have something like kidney stones, something as simple as drinking more water could also help you with that a little bit. Another benefit when it comes to drinking water in terms of losing weight is the way it increases satiety, which is how full you feel after meals along with the fact that it'll boost your metabolism. This happens because drinking water actually starts up what's called thermogenesis, which is basically increasing the heat production in your body. And that process actually consumes calories, so you're basically using more energy and forcing your metabolism to work harder. Just remember that this isn't going to be a huge increase permanently, it's just something that happens temporary, or sorry, temporarily, I believe up to an hour, but it's a good example as to why drinking water regularly is a good habit to get into. Now, when it comes to losing weight, you might have heard that it's all about calories in versus calories out. And that's mostly true, and another way that you might notice that you're overindulging when it comes to calories could be with what you're drinking. So that's your liquid calorie intake. I've had this happen where my clients would log food and everything actually looks okay, but they forget to track what they drink. And if it's not water, they'll be drinking things like Coke and Pop all day or whatever other sugar drinks are out there. And those things are loaded with sugar. I don't know specifically how much a can of Coke has, but a lot of like these sugary drinks has like at least 40 grams of sugar in it. Have you tried to actually weigh out exactly how much 40 grams of table sugar is? That's actually an insane amount. So substitute some of those sugary drinks with water and your calorie intake will drop significantly, which should also lead to some weight loss. Drinking water in general is going to be better, not just for losing weight. It can also help you maximize your own performance. Remember that you're made up of 60% water and... It's used in so many bodily functions and systems and keeping your energy levels up and for your brain to function properly. The thing is, don't overhydrate because you can actually drink too much water, believe it or not, and in extreme cases, it could actually lead to death. Three cups per hour could be pushing it unless you're also exercising. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but... I've noticed that I tend to perform a lot better throughout my workouts by simply just drinking more water before the workout and during the workout. I currently work out in the mornings and getting a liter or so from the time I wake up up until I start the workout makes a huge difference in strength and performance in the gym. I've noticed this and it's true. Now that does mean that I might have to go pee before the workout and sometimes near the end of the workout but it's a small trade-off to doing much better in the gym. 
not drinking water could be as big a drop off as let's say around 10 to 20 pounds on major compound lifts at times. So when it comes to increasing your water intake, it doesn't mean that you just need to simply drink your water. You can also eat your water. And some foods with a high water content include strawberries, which are one of my favorite fruits, watermelon, which is pretty obvious from its name, oranges, lettuce, yogurt, and the list goes on and on. That's why if you have a balanced diet filled with fruits and vegetables, then you're in pretty good shape when it comes to water intake. So if you're listening to this, go and drink more water. Use one of the many apps if you need to, to start tracking your water intake. And you may notice after a few days or weeks that you're feeling a lot better in a bunch of different ways. And that concludes episode 27 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about the difference in sugars and fruits and highly processed foods and food staples in my diet.